Good morning, Block Talk listeners. Tom Hayes here in Beantown, USA, with the lovely, the elegant, the sophisticated, and the wise (laughs) Rebecca Tripp, the metaphysical flight attendant. How are you today, Rebecca? Wow, thank you for that invitation. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) And... Thank We're you. in good spirit today. It's all about spirit, isn't it? That's right. Keeping the energy and the vibration high. We live in yeah, a and universe of energy and thoughts and vibration. Exactly. And today uh, we've had some fantastic vibes happening for the both of us re- recently. And uh, today we're going to talk about exactly that, picking up on the vibe in the form of creativity and also uh, stopping the blocks of attachment, and both uh, kind of go hand in hand, don't you think? I agree. I agree. Visualization and imagination are key elements in freeing oneself from attachments to things that we don't want to be attached to anymore. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this last week about you know being in the flow and. Uh, you know, we talked about cancer and talked about healing and the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, if you stay stuck uh, and you to and dwell on the negativity and the actual occurrence that happened in the past, that's going to not allow for any possibilities, any new possibilities to enter into your life. That's exactly right. And, and you know, a term I've used, I've, used, I've heard a lot frequently from other teachers is... Um, that we have many different probable futures for ourselves. And, you know, we talk about living in parallel universes. We talk, you know, this, uh, Bert Goldman talks about quantum jumping. Um, and there are all these different terms that we use to step out of our old way of thinking and just free ourselves. And that's really what I talked about last week um, when we, when we both talked about freeing ourselves of the belief of cancer and not letting it run our lives and just making it dissolve away like it was just a dream we had at one point and it's not even there anymore. And we can do I that know. with anything that shows up in our life. We can shift our thought, which shifts the energy, which changes everything. We can literally, I mean, many times I've had to move and I would just, shift my thought from where I was to where I wanted to be, and it would, it would magically appear to me, the new place. And there I would be, effortlessly moving. Well, you, you know, it's, and it, you and I have talked many, many times. First, well, you know, I'm going to talk about the book a little bit because, first of all, I loved the book, and the lessons there were fabulous, and the lessons, everything we're talking about today, we, we got to this point not just <laughs> by reading but by playing, you know, and I think when one of the things that, uh, you know, I, we talk about a lot or I mentioned to you is the fact that I think our role in all of this and hope, well, ho- hopefully we want to give to our listeners is the fact that we do have one foot in reality, sur- firmly planted, and the other one, in, in my situation, the other one's gone, but it's in spirit, <laughs> that other leg. <laughs> but we keep one grounded in reality and one in spirit, and so we can talk from experience, and you know, it, and when we went through our periods of of cancers, yours was because you found spiritual healing, you were saved from any major surgery, et cetera. Uh, but right. mine was obviously a a profound lesson to me about 
letting go in attachment because you know, if I had stayed attached to the fact that, oh, I used to have two legs and now I have one leg, and where can you move on? And one of the things I always talk about with people who uh, eventually go blind is that in order for them to become whole again as in their new life as a person who can't see, they have to die as the person who could see. Mm. That's the big, that's the big, um, you know, that's the big lesson is to mm-hmm. understand that no matter what happens, I mean, as, as tragic as some of the things that can happen to us, we have to look through them past that because it's done. It's over. That's right. And, and that's a good point about dying to your old self, which, of course, is in the Bible, too. Um, you know, you have to take on the new man if you really want to resurrect yourself and um, move yourself into a better place if you're stuck somewhere. And it's hard to do because we get very, very attached. And it's almost like a, a death when you say goodbye to that self that doesn't serve you anymore and you have to move on and get rid of maybe your job or your relationship or, you know, um, something that's just not serving you, that's keeping you in a, in a miserable state. And you have to be willing to let go. Letting go can be very, very hard and difficult. Well, you know, now that it, um, I'm, I'm having to say, by the fact that we stumbled on, and again, we, we kind of get in the flow, we stumbled on this topic. I think it's a great uh, balance, counterbalance. It's a great... Um, you know, juxtaposition, creativity, and attachment, because without the ability to let go of attachment, you'll never be the creative self that you possibly can become. That's right. And and that's why I like going into that, what we call theta alpha level of consciousness, that altered state, where you can literally, like you do in your dreams, especially if you're a lucid dreamer and you can control your dreams, you can create any any world you want in your imagination. And the more you believe that that's your reality, it, uh, it comes into your experience. And, and that's the beauty of um, the practice of creative visualization. It gives you that dominion that you want to you be back in control of your life. And that's one of the things I touch on in my book because when I first started flying, I was taught the art of creative visualization. And I, it worked so well for me that it set me on a path of studying metaphysics just to find out how in the heck does this work. You can think of something and it has a total impact on your experience in this three-dimensional world which appears to be made out of solid matter. How can that connection, how does that work? And most of the world is still totally believing that they're being impacted by the world outside of them when in reality the metaphysical people that are studying this and the quantum physicists are understanding more and more clearly that we are creating our own universe with our thought. You know, they are, of course, in miracles, Christian science, yogic thought, um, they're, all, they're all tapped into that, that um, it's not really as it appears to be. It's kind of like the inverse. It's, we live in an upside-down world and we don't even know it. Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, what you and I have learned as we've matured into this stage of our lives and have let go of so many attachments is that there is a a deeper dimension to it, and that is that when you do 
and I, what I try to tell, especially when I speak to youngsters and um, people who are new to all of this, is you know they'll they'll talk about their dreams and wanting to manifest their dreams, et cetera, et cetera. And I tell them, you know, be careful what you're calling your dream because if you are looking at, and again, we're going to talk about attachment. If you're watching television and some product comes on, and whether it be a car or you know that big that that home in the islands or the million dollars, the two, if that thought came from from something external as opposed to that voice, you know, that we always talk about that internal. Uh, bubbling mm-hmm. uh, of, a, of a, an idea or of a desire. There's a, there's a big difference because you might, and one of the things we, we talked about prior to the show was we were going to use the example of The Wolf on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a classic film that demonstrates what we are talking about. Here's a guy who is looking to make a ton of money. He right. doesn't know why. There's the other Other than making all of this money because of the American way or whatever. At first, he's very naive, and he's, he, he's when he, in that meeting with, um, um, uh, you know, I, think, I always forget his name, Mal- Malcolm um, uh, the McDonaghy, the, uh, the great actor who just won the uh, uh, Oscar yeah. this year. He yeah, and he says to him, he, he says, well, he says, you know. Matthew McConaughey, this is, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, I love him. And he said to him, he says, "Well, he says, you know, this is this is good for the client too, right? We're going to make the client some money." And McConaughey mm-hmm. straightens him out. He goes, "Oh no, no, no!" <laughs> he says, "We never, we never mm-hmm. let the client make money. It's a big game." He says, "We never mm-hmm. let them take the earnings." He says, "Because right. we just keep offering, we make them reinvest." He says, "We're always selling them the illusion," and on and on and on he went, and. Um, so here's this guy with this 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 dream, this desire to be multi multi wealthy, uh, but it doesn't come from a deep, higher level of purpose or a real level of creativity. Because really, he, other than the fact that he created a company that was filled with people that was were just stealing other people's money, he really didn't do anything creative at all. He was the ultimate consumer. Right, right. He was creative enough to put the company together, but. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. You know, he had that aspect. But it wasn't but, aligned with his higher purpose, obviously, because exactly. it was really doing him. It was doing him in rather than, um, you know, raising <laughs> his consciousness. Exactly. And so when you when we decide that you know when we're talking about manifesting, it's very important to know uh, what it is you're trying to manifest and why and the reasons for it. Because if it's well, coming I from that right at the beginning. When I was when I first learned creative visualization, I started just visualizing material things like an apartment in New York and, you know, a fur coat. It's all in my book. But I would find that if it was strictly a material thing that I was seeking out and I would manifest it, it would usually come with strings attached or zingers and it wouldn't mm-hmm. come in a perfect way. Because it maybe it wasn't really meant for me to arrange my life like that, you know, and that's why you do have to be careful what you wish for, because it may show up, but you could be very disappointed once you get it. Well, in mm-hmm. your book, you talked about exactly that, the fact that you would achieve these these things that you wanted, and you ended up in New York, and then, you're right, then the flip side was right. this creep that was running the place, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, the problem, so it was always... 
what we're talking about today creativity you know creative visualization uh, you know manifesting the creation and then adjusting and adapting once you found out that there were pitfalls with this and letting go and so many people will not do that they'll get say well i needed this i wanted this i'm going to make this work right and by staying stuck it only aggravates the situation and you can't move on well and it can become a very very toxic situation and um it can even make you sick or you know unable to sleep at night or constantly stressed out and who wants to live like that inner peace it's what everybody really is looking for so when you <laughs> when you use these techniques in a positive way aligning yourself with your true purpose um and doing some good in the world you know one of the things um Jose Silva used to teach is when you're visualizing something that you'd like to manifest it really should help two or more people. Um, it shouldn't just be about you. It, it should That's true. Be, and it shouldn't be hurting anyone. It should be a win-win situation, and everyone should feel good about it. And when you, when you tap into things like that, you can't lose, and you get all the help you need from the spiritual dimension. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, 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 again, that was using the... Uh, the movie is a sounding board. That's exactly where he went wrong because it was all about the self and not about the, oh, the yeah. whole. Yeah, he got very much into his ego gratification, and <laughs> it was a great movie. Exactly. But it so, really did show what can happen when you when you go that direction. Mm. Yeah, and you know, you you again demonstrate this throughout the book is is you know i i could see the level of you know maturation i could also see the level of sophistication that developed as you went and found that you could manifest things and then found out that there was a double side a lot of times to it and it was through the process of using both of these of saying hey wait a minute okay i did this but maybe this isn't the best thing for me so now it's time to let go of this attachment, whether it was a relationship or a, an apartment or no matter what it was, and that that's the ultimate way to to become really what we were meant to become. Well, yeah, I was always I was always grateful that I was able to use it as a stepping stone and move on. You know, if it wasn't working um, and there was a disaster that you know was looming or you know it would come to a, a crisis point. I could at least step out of it and move on. And I think that's important for people to know that there's always a way out. There's always a solution. And that's why, you know, I love the teachings of Mary Baker Eddy, um, who also figured it out. And um, she talked about what Jesus was teaching to people. He, he used to say, you can do the same things I'm doing and even more. But yes. people lost their ability to really think like that um, on a regular basis, and we have to train ourselves, and we have to nourish it. And I mean, I have to study and think about it, and pray and meditate every day to keep myself in a higher vibration. Especially, uh, you know, if I turned on the news, that could get very disturbing all oh, of a sudden. But <laughs> well, you know, that's <laughs> a perfect place. Hmm? There's a perfect place to talk about vibra- uh, the. If you really want to see the what we're talking about and understand it and you want to talk about vibration and thought and all of that, that's exactly what you have to do is because I have decided, you know, and it takes a lot 
again, talk about an attachment. The news is an attachment, isn't it? Oh, it is like a drug to people because um, it's that miserable vibration. People love to lock into that because it just, um, you know, if you're feeling miserable, sometimes you just want more of it. And it it feeds people (laughs) (laughs) on a certain level, and they can't live without it after a while. I mean, you really have to work to pull yourself out of that muck. And that's why metaphysics is still a word that a lot of people have never even heard or don't, you know, what does that mean? They're not, That's true. They're not, that you, you, yeah. Right. On your, on your tour with the book, you're finding out people, when you, when you talk about the metaphysical flight attendant, people don't know what that means, the no, word metaphysical. Don't. And they don't know what spiritual healing. I mean, I didn't know when I was a teenager growing up, um, even though I went to church and I went to college, I was never taught a lot of these these things that I talk about in my book, I felt like my real education started when I started to learn about metaphysics and creative visualization and the power of being able to align yourself with this, these divine principles um, in your thought and being able to manifest and free yourself from anxiety and stress. I mean, I mean, there were many years when I would just try and try and try to break the pattern of negative feelings that would come up in my consciousness because we're all programmed from the minute we're born by our environment and we all get negative programming we can't escape it and then what happens is it triggers us i was talking to some women just um this week who were both um battling these negative relationships they they were had found themselves in and they can't they can't really walk away sometimes because um they're addicted to that feeling that, oh, my father didn't treat me very well, so this must be love, yep. you know, it's, yep. it's what happens to people. And until you can break that pattern, you're stuck there. And how do you break the pattern? You figure out a way to, um, you know, get into that level of consciousness where you can reprogram yourself. And that's what I've taught people in seminars, and there are books that explain it, and it's, it's a fascinating process. You know, well, yeah, and it's, it's again letting forever. right, and it's again you're attached. People don't, you know. I think the the, the movie, um, oh, again the title is uh, that great that great film that came out about, about ten fifteen years ago. Um, the the letting no, the it was the one put together by all of the. Um, Theoretical the physicists. No, before oh, that, the what, um, the what the bleep? What the bleep? Yeah, what, what the, the bleep? Yeah, and it showed in that movie that all mm-hmm. the attachment to the emotions. Absolutely, the wedding scene, and it it shows yes. how love is nothing but an addiction, and it, and it is. I mean, we get triggered by because my high school boyfriend was uh, over six feet tall. I used to get triggered every time I saw a man over six feet tall. You know, it would just take me back to my Yeah, we want that romance. feeling again. Yeah, and that's what happens. We're, t- we're triggered by different things that we've experienced, positive and negative. But we can actually get addicted to negative emotion if it was presented to us in a way that we think that's what we're supposed to be doing all the time. Well, and, and again, because... Pattern. Right, because it's it's in a sense it's kind of a sick thing, but it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's because it's what we know. Right, right, exactly. 
Exactly. You know, I, and we I, don't uh, know what's on the other side. Right. Well, it was it's it was interesting. I, uh, you know, and and I think this is the when we go back to it, and I think it might be fun to interject right now that um, that life really is a combination of two things. And Alan Watts, who I love, uh, has a fantastic way of explaining it. That there's basically two models to the game of life, and that number one, that it is indeed a game, and number two, that it is a story. And if you think about it, there is with Everything you look at in life, it's either a game or a story. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so what, what becomes your story is, you know, and that's the big trick is that we are much more than we are to perceive and that, you know, as, as Alan Watts says, uh, life is a game of hide and seek, that the Godhead comes here, has created this, illusion, this fabulous game, this intricate, amazing matrix, this, you know, this hologram, to play a game of getting lost, of not knowing that it is absolutely omnipotent. And, mm. and that's what we're all, all of our egos are manifestations of that game, that we're here thinking we're limited beings. Right, and, and we're not. We're so powerful. Well, exactly, but it's so intricately designed. And as he says, you'll never, never really win the game. He says because you, it's designed so that you can't really understand it all, but you will get glimpses and you will move forward. Although, you know, then there are the Buddhas who did become enlightened, and, and people are getting enlightened every day. So, But that, again, comes from letting go of that attachment. When I went through my divorce, and I said to, um, I went back to, you know, I had a, the situation was, you know, I I tried everything within, you know, the, the, the traditional ways of trying to repair. You know, the last thing I wanted to do was to see a family break up. And because of a lot of reasons, fear um, and just obligation and all of that, because there really was, it was over. But I still wanted to hold on to that concept of the family and attachment, even though everybody was suffering. And um, so I had gone to a, a, psych, a psychiatrist, um, and he had, um, you know, he, he thought that he had, within two or three sessions, put us back together. And I showed up three years later, and I said to him, you know, I've got, you know, this isn't working. I'm miserable. I've got to get out. And he said, well, what triggered it? I said, well, you know, I said three years ago when I came to you, the reason the crisis was that I had met somebody who was really nice to me. And they wanted me to go off with them. And so I came home, and I presented that to my wife at the time and said, I really am not happy. And contrary to what I thought I was going to hear was, um, well, you know, you're you're rotten, you're no good, how can anybody be happy with you? Instead, she looked at me and said, you're absolutely right. I haven't been there. I haven't been good. I am not doing the job. Please give me another chance. And I was, this is not what, what I wanted was the big fight and the big trauma so I could justify it and walk off. Because that way there, I wouldn't have all, I, I would let go of the guilt. But right. See, now, I, I looked, and so we gave it a shot, and it looked good for about, we went to counseling, and it looked good for about three months, and then it went right back. And it was always the pattern. 
And so here I am coming into his office five years later, and it's the same story. He says, well, what's up now? I said, the same thing. I said, I got somebody who's treating me nice. And he said, uh, he said, well, he says, you have what we call the abused child syndrome. And I had never heard that concept. I said, what are you oh, talking about? Interesting. Isn't this amazing? He says, yeah. you, an abused kid goes home every day, and his father beats the crap out of him or somebody. Mm-hmm. And this becomes life. This becomes reality. And, and if you think of the patterns, so many women, and, and not just women, but this, you know, men are not immune men to too. all of this. Oh, yeah. And so he says, you come in and you get this beating. He says, now one day, for some reason, you get invited to your friend's house and you go. And the father comes home. The father doesn't beat the crap out of the kid. And for the first time, there's an awakening. The kid looks at this and says, wait a minute, something's wrong. Mm. And he says, and that's what you're onto. He said, all of a sudden, he says, you go home, and it's the same patterns, and it's the same problems, and it's the same tension. And all of those things that, again, we, we, as soon as you walk through the door, the vibe changes, and it's, <laughs> nobody's happy. And then all of a sudden, somebody else is treating you, and you're saying, wait a minute, it doesn't have to be like this, does it? Mm. And so what so, did you yeah, so what I did is I decided that was it. I was going to change mm. the pattern. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about, I'm going to give her credit on this, Tammy Pula, who is my, my sidekick and fun uh, partner in my other endeavors mm. and a great, fantastic comedian. And she explained it so succinctly one day. She said, uh, she says, my life, I grew up in a trailer park. I was the first in my family to get uh, a high school education. She said, and I knew I would do better, and I strive. She says, I still have, she still has, admittedly, problems with, you know, reading and spelling and all of those things, and she's brilliant, and a brilliant entrepreneur, and a br- she has manifested the most fantastic of lives, and she's had a beautiful relationship. She says, but, she said, I continued the patterns of my family, and she said, my relationships were awful. They were with guys who would beat me up. She's my husband. She says, the final straw with my husband was that we were at a party and he was doing cocaine. And he literally, I said to him, she says, I got disgusted with him. And I said, let's get out of here. And he grabbed me by my hair, literally dragged me down the stairs, beat me up, took me home, beat me up some more. And finally the police came. And she said, and I walked out of the place looking at him. And she says, I felt guilty because I <laughs> I was wondering what he was going to eat for dinner. Oh, no. <laughs> she says, my, I had this horrible thought that he'd have to open up a can of clam, of, uh, clam chowder and have that for mm. dinner, and I felt guilty after having these bruises and everything mm. else. And that but was the pattern. And she says, and I'll tell you, she says, what the pattern is, what the hook is. It's chaos. She mm. says, a lot of women and a lot of people, and men included, love the chaos, love the drama. Oh, they can't live without it, the drama. And I've said so many times when I've counseled people, until you're ready to let go of the drama, your life is going to be the way it is and the way it's been. You've got to want to let go of the drama. And there are drama queens everywhere, everywhere. It's It's... That's why soap operas were invented. You know, people love to watch that kind of crazy drama. And 
<laughs> They'd rather have their own, though, and they do all the time. Yeah. But, you know, and, they and like so she before. decided, she said, hmm. she said, I decided after that I was going to date nice guys. She yeah. says there was so much excitement and drama and dating the guy with the, you know, with the crazy car and the knife underneath the seat and the six-pack in the back. And, you know, she says, because then I could concentrate on all his problems. She says, and by concentrating on his problems, I could ignore all the chaos, on his chaos, I could ignore all of the chaos inside my life. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a diversion. She says, because when you start thinking mm -hmm. that all of the chaos is on the outside, mm. she said, you're ignoring where the real truth is and where the real problem is, which is on the inside. And she says, and by dating this guy, who she's now been with, and they've had a fantastic relationship, they still to this day do, and a beautiful family as a result, and a beautiful business together, she said, it was boring. <laughs> right. Well, you can really become your own best friend, too. You know, that's the thing. We want that companionship, but then we'll go, oh, but, you know, he or she's a little boring. But the reality is, once you have a great relationship with yourself and your higher self, you really can't be bored ever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But she said she missed, you know, she had to get used to the fact that there was no drama. Oh, it's, a, you know? it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment, absolutely. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, again, taking the topic that we're talking about, the creativity attachment, uh, you know, marriage, that she had to let go of that attachment to the chaos in order to create this beautiful life for herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, it, and that's, it's, that's the part. That's right. Yeah. That's the part. You know, and, again, it isn't simply, you know, I think this is what we hope to do and everything that we talk about to people, it isn't simply just thinking something or in as much as that, you know, we've both had those occasions where we set our minds to something, something has popped into our hologram or illusion and we've been, you know, just amazed by the things that do show up. But mm -hmm. when you, when you start to understand that there's so much more to it, that it's really about, getting out of the way of yourself because there is right. a part of you. That's one of the things from the Course in Miracles is it says you may know not, not know what is good for you, but there is something inside you that does. That's right. And you have to trust that. That's the surrender. Once you surrender to that part of you that is, you know, divine and knows exactly what you're supposed to be doing and how to solve all your problems because there really are no problems, then you're living in bliss. And whatever Absolutely. shows up is fun. And even if something shows up that's kind of quirky or strange, you can enjoy, well, you know, you can have a good time. But, you, you, you will, but you'll be protected. You won't be in those violent situations anymore because you just either won't be drawn to them, they'll be repelled by you, or you'll be protected if anything around you is happening that's chaotic. And you'll just be watching you know, the movie. And what is more divine than creation? I mean, that's what divinity is, right? I mean, that's right, right. It is, creation. you know, and that comes. And we are co-creators. We are co-creators using our imagination, our creative visualization, our ability to tap into this universal consciousness, and you know, manifest in this dimension, 
And, you know, we're moving into a time where more and more people are going to be manifesting instantaneously whatever it is they desire. And it's, you know, we live in a universe of thought, and that's coming more and more to the forefront. And that movie, What the Bleep, that you mentioned earlier, was one of the first movies probably to kind of nail that down and talk about it the way they did, even though there's always been metaphysical movies. But that was that was a real kind of um, watershed moment when they put that one out there. You know, and I, the person who took me said, at that time I was in such a flow. I was in my early 50s. I was totally retired. I had tons of money. Money was not an issue. I had my health, friends. Uh, and all of that, and then when they would sit up and, you know, they started talking, well, you know, in order to, I like to create my day, I like to imagine the things that will happen, and da-da-da-da-da, and I looked, and that the individual took me and said, what would you think? I said, I said, if I did that, I said, my days would be, I said, the things that happen because I'm in the flow, I said, are beyond anything that I could comprehend in my imagination. My imagination is not capable of thinking of the mm. things that manifest by themselves now. Well, that's true. You do manifest things that are kind of like way beyond. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're constantly yeah. so, But that becomes, you know, somebody... Well, somebody asked me the other day, and I think, um, you know, I, I come to, as you know, I'm a big fan of Apple and their one-to-one program and all the things, the beautiful things they've taught me. And I've been able to manifest through them. And uh, one of them, it's so funny how we do attract. There definitely is a law of attraction. In fact, I'll tell you, that, you know, I'm going to get back to this point in a second. But the, um, here I was struggling. I had, for, for eight to ten years, I was totally in the moment, totally in flow, and totally manifesting this crazy and exciting wildlife. And then... All of a sudden, along came this venture, and as you are learning as well, when we and Oprah talked about this, I, you know, I heard this at my daughter's, uh, my stepdaughter's graduation. I was so glad to hear it. She says, "As you move up, and this is what will happen to all of us seekers, is as we move up, we we want bigger and wilder challenges because that's the mm-hmm. Godhead in us to create wilder and bigger things because." Once you, it gets pretty boring if you mastered something and you just stay there. I mean, you can do that, but you know, to me, mm-hmm. life is more more than comfortable. So when you do that, is, as Oprah says, you expect failure because failure is part of the process. Success and failure go hand in hand. So when mm-hmm. all of a sudden I started a venture and things weren't working out the way I did, I somebody somebody handed me the secret. Uh, I looked at all of those principles and I said, "Wow, this is exactly what I used to do, and this is how I changed my life and how I got to get everything that I wanted." I'll use this, and then of course it led to Esther Hicks and the Law of Attraction, the book, The Law of Attraction. So I was struggling at a point in the book where when you were just talking about creation versus co-creation. And so I was struggling with this, and I had to do a show for a corporation that was in less than optimum uh, conditions and con- context. It was in a big, wide-open space, and I, it was for a bunch of bankers, and I really had to talk myself up in order to psych myself to do the show. And I'm walking, and I said, well, stay positive, da-da-da-da-da. And again, what's paramount at my, in mind at the time is this whole concept of 
co-creation. Well, I finished the show, and I'm getting all kinds of accolades. It went off better than I expected, especially because I didn't allow for the negative to hang in my head. And all I wanted to do was just get away from the crowd because I, I was starving, and I just wanted some peace and quiet. And so I finally got away from the well-wishers and the admirers, and I found a little place tucked away in a corner, and I started to eat my food. Well, lo and behold, it didn't take two or three minutes, and somebody showed up to talk to me. And my reaction was, oh, no. And um, instead, this very gracious woman looked at me and said, I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciated your work. And I said, oh, thank you. And so just to keep the conversation going, I said, how long have you been with the company? And she said, oh, about 25 years. She says, but I said, oh, you must like it. She says, well, I had. She says, but at this point, she says, there's this conflict with me and them. Because she says, from they, they are fear-based as opposed to my way of thinking of things as abundance-based. And I stared at this woman in shock. And I said, Esther Abraham Hicks, I said, the law of attraction. She said, yep. <laughs> now imagine I'm at a corporate big bankers meeting, international meeting, mm -hmm. people who are concerned with finance, and, and this one spiritual person probably in the group finds me in a corner, and immediately we like connect. Like attracts life. Like, yeah, and so... I said to her, well, I says, I'm having trouble understanding whether I'm doing it <laughs> or something else is doing it. And she says, you don't understand co-creation. <laughs> and we are still friends to this day. This is eight years later from that one encounter. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that mm -hmm. that is exactly the point. So, again, coming back to the topic today, if we're talking about attachment and creation – you have to understand that if you stay, if your ego stays attached, you won't be the creator that you really are capable of being. That's true. And you also brought up another interesting point. When people connect on that higher self, metaphysical level with each other, they do stay friends. There's a, it's a much stronger point. Well, it, it was funny because she called me maybe two or three years later and was totally heartbroken and disoriented and confused and she says i just got fired mm. 25 plus years and i just got fired what do i do and even though she talked about you know talked a good story as we all do about being abundant and not fear-based etc she was panicking how do i support my family you know well, what do i do next yeah, yeah. and so i laughed and i said you're gonna have to let go and she said you're crazy I have to stop looking. I said, no, you don't. I said, take, I says, I says, you were just handed an experience that you have to pay attention to and process. I said, but you're not going to starve mm -hmm. in a month or two. I said, so sit back and allow something to happen. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened. And now she said, she, she, she's in a job that she couldn't even begin to imagine you know mm -hmm. the happiness and fulfillment that she's in, and the the and which gives her all the time. She takes all of these great trips all over the. I call her the metaphysical traveler, and she mm. goes on these trips all over the world now to as challenges and sees miracles constantly. But 
and it, it, it totally fits in from what you were saying is that you know I said here I am saying gee I, I, I'm confused by this book because uh, in this whole process because of the things that I'm seeing I don't know if it's me or something else and she says you don't understand co-creation that, well but isn't it interesting that she had to go through that you know difficult period of being stressed and and then you know the transition that's why people don't want to let go of whatever is familiar because they don't want to go through that period. She was forced to if she was let go from her job. But um, it's not a pleasant thing to go through when you're in the middle of, well, what's next? Will it even show up? And it always does. If you trust, you just have to take the leap. I think one of the Mm -hmm. things that has helped me the most is, I forget who exactly pointed it out, but this idea that we want to judge something as good or bad, you know, so the loss of a job, the loss of, you know, a relationship, the loss of this or that, you know, loss of a leg, the loss of your sight, whatever. And then, you know, even the people who were recently interviewed because of the uh, bombing in Boston, and they said to them, well, you know, it's a year later, what do you, what do you think? And they said, the worst and best day of my life. You know, yeah, I hear this all the when he talk, and they said, uh, and how time. can that be? Well, because now, you know, before that, they were somehow lost in their purpose in life or whatever, and now they have a very clear mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Nothing is good nor bad. It's thinking that makes it so. Right, and, you know, when I find I do get in these funks, which we're all prone to, the 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 way that, again, talking about attachment, for me, the way that they disappear the quickest is when I said, well, gee, you know, isn't it amazing to be alive and to be, feel both these feelings, a bliss and depression, or bliss and fear, and, you know, love and fear, to feel all of these things, and that if I don't judge them and just go into it, rather than resist, lose the attachment, it just mm-hmm. flies away. Well, and if you have manifested something through the power of prayer, thought, um, demonstrated, you can always repeat it. So when something comes up that you need a solution to, if you've done it once, you can do it over and over and over again in every area of your life. And that it's a law because we're working with these divine laws, these principles. And they operate, and when you know how to align with them, you get results. And you can free yourself from anything. Exactly, because you own it. Rather than, like Wayne Dyer used to talk about, knowing versus owning and mm-hmm. that's exactly right, because all of these experiences, you know, of gain and loss, et cetera, give us a sense of owning. We now own it. We can feel it. And that's, you know, one of the things about thought is that once that thought becomes a feeling, there's right. the real magic. It, it was a Neville Goddard who talked. intellectualizing it. You know, you can study, 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 but when you have to prove it, and that was what I had to do with my first spiritual healing. It was like, okay, I've been studying this stuff. But how do, I, how do I make it happen for me in a practical way? And um, I didn't really have the answer humanly. But when I was able to let go, take the leap of faith, try it, trust, it happens. That's exactly. what it's all about. Well, listen, we have just one minute left before they shut us off. I am so uh, just in awe of the magic that happens when we get together and do this. And I know that we're talking about things that those of you who are listening are listening for a reason. And we, uh, again, one foot grounded and one foot up in the air. We hope that 
you know, I get so much out of this. I'm hoping that our listeners get the same because these are great, great conversations to uh, bounce these ideas around. Always nice to talk to you. <laughs> oh, Rebecca, you have a beautiful day till the next time. And please come back and listen because this is great stuff, folks. Uh, thank you so much. And have a beautiful day.